Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports, this is Trevor, I'm doing a little solo episode this evening or whenever you're listening to this, I'm just going to be briefly doing a part 2 of our USFL and Chill 9 episode, if you guys didn't listen to that first half, definitely recommend that you do so, we just kind of did it earlier on in the week so that we weren't able to really tap into the uh, viewership numbers as well as roster changes as well going into week 8, so that's why I wanted to do this part 2, it'll be kind of a shorter episode, Um, we'll see how long it takes us, but uh, I'm just going to touch up on the USFL Week 7 TV ratings. Uh, Birmingham versus New Orleans on Fox had averaged 703,000 viewers. Pittsburgh Maulers versus Philadelphia Stars on FS1 only averaged 161,000 viewers. The Memphis Showboats versus the Houston Gamblers on USA only averaged 251,000 viewers. New Jersey Generals versus the Michigan Panthers on FS1 only averaged 274,000 viewers. If you look at the Week 7 of the XFL, very similar. Uh, it was also a you know, a holiday weekend this past weekend, so the USFL kind of did better than I thought they were even going to do, especially with that, you know, league game on Fox. It looks like Birmingham is definitely the most popular team. Um, Averaging, um, you know, when you take into account the amount of network games each team has had, you can average those out, and the top three teams are the Memphis Showboats, Michigan Panthers, and Birmingham Stallions. Key pattern there is that all three of those teams play in their respective home cities and states. So just definitely something to think about. If they have that home crowd, it definitely um, kind of creates that atmosphere for when they are going to travel away. You know, their their fans will watch and tune in from a, from afar. Um, but yeah, no, definitely impressive to see the Birmingham Stallions still pull in the numbers that they do. Um, and, and they're just they seem to be that club of the league where it's going to definitely be a lot of bandwagon fans. But it's definitely good. Um, but I definitely would recommend, if you haven't seen a game yet, I definitely think that that's the team you should watch. Um, mainly because the, their professionalism, their coach, Skip Holtz, uh, famous son of Lou Holtz, Notre Dame guy, um, they just have a very professional and full-sound club. But the competition in this season is definitely uh, up to par, for sure. Um, week 8 playoff clinching scenarios here. In the Northern Division, if the Philadelphia Stars clinch... Uh, if the, the Philadelphia Stars will clinch with a win and the Pittsburgh Maulers and New General uh, New Jersey Generals losing. So they need two teams to lose and they need to win to be able to clinch at a five-win uh, record. Um, and they are, they're going to be at that five-and-three mark, so you know, two more games to go. Really could help if they went seven-and-three to secure that number one seed. In the Southern Division, no team can clinch or be eliminated in Week 8. There's just a lot. It's a very tight race in the South, so definitely something to keep an eye on going into Week 8 of the USFL season. Um, I would also like to shout out to the USFL New Jersey Generals. Um, They've been averaging um, 663,000 viewers through seven weeks. Um, That's very good. Like That's very good. You like to see that. And also some stat leaders here going into week eight. Breland Speaks, defensive end, wearing number 57 for the Michigan Panthers with seven sacks. Um, Greg Reeves, linebacker, wearing number 41, playing for the Memphis Showboats with 4.5 sacks. And then the these last four guys are going to be tied at that third spot. Uh, Raheem Bigham, linebacker, number 15 for the Gamblers, Houston Gamblers. Reggie Walker, defensive end, wearing number 59 for the Houston Gamblers. Olive Sagapolu, defensive lineman, wearing number 94 for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Adam Rodriguez, defensive end, number 58 for the Philadelphia Stars. All have four sacks this season going into Week 8. 
Moving through to tackle leaders, uh, we have Keava Tazino with 76 tackles, uh, linebacker wearing number 30, 31 excuse me, for the Pittsburgh Maulers. And then at that number two spot, we have Frank Ginda, linebacker wearing number five for the Michigan Panthers with 68 tackles. And then Kalion um, Tolson, uh, linebacker number 44 for the Houston Gamblers with 56 tackles. Chris Orr, linebacker number two for the New Jersey Generals with 52 tackles. Troy Warner, brother of Fred Warner, uh, Memphis Showboat's defensive back wearing number 22 has 52, 51 tackles. Excuse me, very impressive defensive stats this year. Thus, and I think it's only going to be more impressive. We're going to see the defense is going to you know maybe have an MVP this year. Um, I'd love to see uh, you know Kiava Tazino at least get defensive player of the year. He's just been a stud. Um, and then also congratulations to the Houston Gamblers running back Mark Thompson. Um, who has surpassed a modern USFL record for rushing touchdowns in a season with 11. And he's been an interesting story this year. Uh, He missed the first two games of the season. His team was 0-2 without him, and now with him, uh, they are 4-3. They're 4-1 with him. So he's just been outstanding. 11 rushing touchdowns in, in, in six games is just insane, but... That's something else to talk about because he's gonna go. He's gonna get more than eleven. Um, a kind of a big pickup here. Quarterback Eric Barriere was released from the Michigan Panthers, kind of controversially, and the New Jersey Generals picked him up immediately. And uh, you know, with that injury at DeAndre Johnson, uh, he's going to pick up that role as that mobile quarterback with the the versatility. If the Generals went out here, they could make the playoffs. Um, Whoever's that number two seed in the North is going to make that playoffs, and it could be five and five, and it could even be four and six. We'll have to see. Um, but there is a genuine talent gap between the North and the South. Um, and then a couple injuries: uh, wide receiver Anthony Ratliff Williams and running back Shamari Jones for the Houston Gamblers are now on the IR list. Uh, safety Greg Eisworth of the second for the New Orleans Breakers is back on that IR list and I know he just came off of it last week so that's kind of kind of kind of a shame um, there's four teams in this league right now that are four and three so people that are on the edge of 500 that can't afford to take an L so there's gonna be a, a quite a quite a bit of interesting uh, movement here through the through the phases. Um, moving forward to some of the PFF graded players that I, I, I would like to shout out their grades. Um, and shout out to Gridiron USFL on Twitter for giving me this nice little list here. Um, greatly appreciated. Definitely want to shout out guys like Ruben Foster, former first round draft pick, um, linebacker for the Pittsburgh Maulers with a PFF grade of 90.9. And then you have uh, guys like quarterback Alex Magoo for the Birmingham Stallions with an 87.6 PFF rating. And then uh, wide receiver Justin Hall and the Houston Gamblers with an 85.4 PFF rating. Um, Memphis Showboat safety Kyrie Woods with a 92.0 PFF rating. I mean, there's so many really cool, like, ratings here for really good players. And I'm glad that they're actually taking their time to rate these guys because it definitely is deserved. Moving forward to some uh, Daryl Moose Johnson quotes here, I would like to just definitely point out what he apparently said, according to James Larson. Um, In Season 1, Michigan and New Orleans were the two non-hub teams who stood above the rest in terms of fan engagement, which led to a Detroit hub for the USFL Panthers. 
Um, and I, I think New Orleans should get their team in their respective city uh, this come out, coming up year. New Orleans is a massive football town. Um, and I think the Breakers would actually do well there in regards to uh, merchandising and sales because they kind of went with that, you know, the beach vibe. And, you know, some people don't like the two blue colorway. Some people really do like the uniforms. A bunch of the homies actually do tell me all the time, like, yo, those are the best uniforms in the league. And then I'll have the occasional bro come up and be like, ah, no, those are those are booty. I really like the uh, the Stallions or... Uh, my grandmother really loves the Michigan Panthers uniform. She really likes that maroon and gold color. Um, it's definitely new. It's fresh. And I, and I think that is also an important part of locating these teams. Do they fit with the culture? Do they fit with the market? Do they work there? Does it roll off the tongue nicely? Does it seem like it would be a team there? Those are all questions and hypotheticals that take years and planning and processing. But I'm glad that this is now becoming more of a normal uh, discussion, getting these teams in their cities as soon as possible next season. Uh, bear with me while I grab a little sip of my beverage. <sighs> Moving forward through some other news, uh, which was pretty pretty good to hear, uh, pretty securing, uh, reassuring for the league as well. Um there's one more home game in Michigan this season, but according to Daryl Johnson or Daryl Daryl Moose Johnson, um, we have loved our first season in Michigan, and we can't wait for our second season in Michigan. The Michigan Panthers have not disappointed and will return to Ford Field in 2024. And granted, people will say they have not won a game at home this year. There's still one left. I have hope for them, but that's not the point. They drew out a good fan base at home amassed a good following on social media platforms. They were one of the better teams growing this year in that in that aspect, um, besides the Stallions. Um, so that's something that I was really excited to hear about, that they're going to still be at Ford Field in Season 3, and then that gives them more of an opportunity and a safety valve to be able to, like, okay, we have Birmingham, we have Memphis, we have Ford Field in Michigan, in Detroit, excuse me, we need to really get Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. We really need to get New Orleans in New Orleans. And you know what? If New Jersey and Philly take a little longer and Houston takes a little longer, I'm okay with waiting for three teams to get their, their respective home city by season four. I'm totally okay with that. But I just really hope that those teams that do have to wait that extra year um, actually get like not only better on the roster and staff wise, but I hope that they actually accumulate more of a fan base um, and more excitement to get them to their home in a sense. Also shout out to wide receiver, former USFL generals, uh, New Jersey general wide receiver, Darius Shepard, who got called up to the Los Angeles Chargers. He was on the Denver uh, Broncos practice squad last season following his stint with New Jersey in the USFL. He was a standout kind of guy, uh, really fun to watch. Um, we do have, uh, for, for the, uh, the only injury reports I'm going to kind of go over briefly here is I think the game of the year, which is going to be the Philadelphia Stars taking on the Birmingham Stallions, the rematch of the championship game. There's going to be a lot of emotion and a lot of flair on this field. So make sure you guys are tuned into this weekend because there's a big game. These two teams were going at it in the championship game. The Philadelphia Stars quarterback, Case Cookus, broke his fucking leg in the game. 
and I still believe that's the only reason that the Philadelphia Stars lost. Fun fact, there's not been a USFL season without the Philadelphia Stars in the championship game at least. So will they get there this year? It's looking like they're going to sweep the North, uh, especially in come playoff time. I don't know if I even trust the Panthers to put up a fight if they get there. They're 3-4. and four. They're looking rough, but so are the Pittsburgh Maulers and New Jersey Generals. But moving on to the Birmingham Stallions and Philadelphia Stars injury and game status report. And make sure you guys are on Twitter at Tea Time Reports. Um, and if you are interested in this league, they do drop depth charts every around like every week around Wednesday, Thursday, um, sometimes Friday. And then you can check those and see who's going to be starting this weekend. And definitely check the Instagram at, at Tea Time Reports for our Week Eight USFL bets. Uh, shout out to Brandon for putting those together for us. Uh, very well thought of, and we are not just trying to like lose money. This is you know Brandon is betting on this. Uh, these games coming up here, and he was like, you know what, we should start sharing these bets and thoughts with uh, our listeners out there. So if you guys want to maybe make some money, he went two of three last weekend, so um, it's, it's quick and easy cash if you actually just take a look at it, and if you don't like it, don't do it, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, take his word for it. He's We're all very sports in tune, and especially with this league, um, there's definitely money to be made, uh, money to be made in gambling terms. Because if you just know the players, know the teams, know the consistencies and patterns of each club in this league, because it's so small, easily studyable, you can really actually make a dent on Fanduels or whatever the fuck you're on. But genuinely, um, keep keep your up for these uh, these reports here. So they are missing a couple defensive backs. Christian McFarland, their safety for the Birmingham Stallions, is probable. Deion Kane, wide receiver, is probable. Had a little hamstring hamstring thing. Uh, defensive end Joe Jackson, I'd really like to see him out there, but he's probable. Got that right ankle thing kind of bugging him. Um, and then they do have a couple O-linemen that are full go, Jameer Johnson and Matt Kasky. Moving over to the Philadelphia Stars, they do have a lot of people that are full go. Uh, the only person, yeah, they, everyone's full go. They might actually have the healthiest roster in Week 8 is the Philadelphia Stars. Channing Stribling's full go. Dexter Williams is full go. Pro Wells is full go. Yeah, keep an eye out for the Stars. They might actually pull up a little shocker here. I'm not. I'm not expecting it, but you know, let's let's you know let's let's be careful with with the Stars. If you're a Birmingham Stallions fan, they are the they're the one team that just pulls something out of their ass, and then they're you know up 24-21 because their kicker just went off. You know, um, but moving forward here. Uh, Reggie Walker, defensive end, is doubtful with the rib injury. Uh, offensive lineman Braylon Jones for the Houston Gamblers is out. Um, anyone else here? Um, Ishmael Hyman was moved to the active roster for the Pittsburgh Maulers, as well as offensive tackle Leon Johnson and defensive end Isaiah Green-May. Little stat line here for one of my favorite players in this league, C.J. Marable, running back slash slot guy for the Birmingham Stallions. Um, in the past two weeks, he has 186 rushing yards, 68 receiving yards, 89 return yards, 343 all-purpose yards, and a touchdown. Marable is now top four in the USFL in both rushing yards and all-purpose yards, and he's just getting started for sure. Shout out to Luke Miller for... Staying on top of his uh, his team there. He's very active with his reporting of the Birmingham Stallions. I would also like to shout out to wide receiver Tyler Polka, who's been activated, as well as quarterback Montel Cozart for the Houston Gamblers. I would love to see some of those guys uh, get into action. Some more activations here from the Philadelphia Stars. Quarterback Kevin Thompson is back up. Vatalee was moved into the inactive roster. 
safety Joshua Moon and defensive end Ali Faid have been moved to the active roster as well for the Stars. Um, moving forward here, um, yeah, I would like to just shout this out. Kamarte Turpin came in. Uh, came directly from the USFL season last year and had no rest. Mike McCarthy said he will be the piece they will move around on offense this season. Except Tur- Turpin, expect Turpin to make more take more offensive reps this season with his speed and knowledge of the offense. I am so excited for Kevante Turpin and I wish him the best this upcoming NFL season. If you are a USFL fan, you should be doing the same. Um, the Michigan Panthers also did bring in wide receiver out of Austin Pay. Uh, DJ Montgomery. So he's going to be an interesting um, signee. Uh, he made the active rosters for the Browns, the uh, Cleveland Browns, and the New York Jets. So he's made some NFL rosters, and now he's going to make, you know, maybe wreak some havoc in the uh, USFL. It's really interesting to see the NFL wide receiver talent that the Michigan Panthers have acquired throughout the season, going from Trey Quinn to Caden Davis to now uh, DJ Montgomery. Really exciting, and, and it really goes to show you Mike Nolan can really get guys in there if he really wants them to, uh, if he really wants. And it just kind of shows you also, fun fact, Cyril Grayson, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, played three games, 212 yards, and two touchdowns from Tom Brady, uh, signed with the Philadelphia Stars. That was a big signing, in my opinion. But uh, DJ Moore is a speedster, clocking a 4-3-40 time during his pro day at APSU. He racked up 1,025 yards and 13 touchdowns over two years. He bounced around the NFL and now lands in the USFL. I really do wish him good luck. But seriously, shout out to Gridiron USFL on Twitter. He does a great job at just genuinely bringing you information. No bullshit. Um, the New Jersey Generals have also signed defensive end Jermaine McDaniel from North Carolina a and North Carolina a He was their 7th round draft selection in the 2023 USFL College Draft. The, gen- the first Generals draft pick to sign with the team. A milestone, for sure. And if you guys didn't know, I, I kind of covered the college, uh, the collegiate draft in the USFL before this season a little briefly. and um, Definitely an exciting draft. A lot of um, a lot of you know Division Three HBCU guys, but guys that could genuinely use some game reps. So... We've been seeing a bunch of the uh, um, draftees sign with teams, so it's been really good for the uh, for the league overall. Some more signings by the Michigan Panthers because Eric Barriere was uh, released and picked up off waiver wires by the New Jersey Generals. They needed that third quarterback due to the three-quarterback mandatory rule in the USFL. Uh, but EJ Perry, quarterback out of Brown, uh, was picked up as well as Eric Abajay. So just something to think about if you guys are Michigan Panthers fans, that they keep bringing people in for sure. So it's just one of those things where you really hope that those kind of roster pickups can actually result in some late uh, late season wins. If they can actually capitalize off of their the fact that they have won every away game, they can actually use that to their advantage because they will not be getting home field advantage in the North, I imagine. I, I think it's going to be the Stars um, in Canton, but it's one of those things where you... Um, do want to see, you know, maybe EJ Perry gets like some reps in week nine, week 10. You just want to have a guy that's hot and ready to go. Um, especially if anything happens in playoff, uh, come playoff time. It's one of those things where you genuinely want to just have that backup plan. Shout out to, uh, 
uh, Dion Kane. He was on CBS 42 today promoting the Stallions' big showdown tomorrow with the Philadelphia Stars. I really also like that kind of local local marketing, like kind of old business head type shit that the USFL has been doing. It just it, it sits well with me. It feels organic and real, and it feels like they're trying to reach out to their local markets and you know maintain a connection to to those local fans. But uh, something else to look out for is the um, the fact that the Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, they've doubled their win total since season one. I mean, they they went one and nine season one, and you know I I'm a Pittsburgh Maulers fan. You know, not for any reason. I'm not for from Pittsburgh, but in season one, I really enjoyed their purple and orange uniforms. I thought they were out there, but they rebranded the team in the off season, and they've you know had some flashes of brilliance. And um, they struggle on offense in the red zone with a very low red zone touchdown percentage. Uh, but they do have the best defense in the USFL, led by Ruben Foster and Keava Tizino, um, with with you know nice pieces at safety with Tornadin and Tarpley. But you know they they really do just lack on offense with a, a stand up rush attack. But I really do like their quarterback Troy Williams, who's kind of a mobile threat kind of guy, but can also flick the rock down the field if needed. So just you know, keep out, keep an eye out for the Pittsburgh Maulers today, uh, this this upcoming weekend in Week Eight. If they're able to win out here, they can make that second seed in the North. Um, just something to think about, and make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. Uh, we do post all the game status reports as well as the depth charts, so you can you know keep your eye out for your favorite players or maybe your your team if you need the. Uh, you know, JoJo Tillery in or something like that for the Birmingham Stallions. He is in if you're worried about some of uh, the other guys like Jeff McCullough for the Memphis Showboats who's sadly out with that left foot injury. He, you know, you can get all that information on there and make sure you're, you know, well ahead of game time. So if you are going to make any calculated bets, you definitely want to be checking out these rosters because, you know, you're not going to recognize names. But if you see a position with a severe loss up in this, in like an up and coming week, um, you're definitely going to want to, you know, ease on betting on that game if you're going to like bet the over under, or you're just going to go straight money line. Like, you want to make sure that all these teams have all their capable weapons, even if you don't know the weapon, like like you would like an NFL player. You just want to make sure, like, okay, this team has three defensive ends that are like probable, so maybe their pass rush is just going to let this fly. So I'm going to bet heavy on this other team. Um, just something to think about, and you can definitely check out the at T times. Twitter for all of that information. I would also like to shout out to linebacker Jordan Brailford, who's been promoted back to the active roster after a little injury, sadly, uh, for the New Orleans Breakers. He's been a really good edge rusher. I know he's a linebacker, but I feel like they put him on uh, on the line a lot more than anything. And it, he, he gets home. You know, he, he has that power and he has that legitimate actual like NFL body type. And I think he's one of the guys that will definitely get elevated to a practice squad or maybe even higher than that in this upcoming offseason. So definitely keep your eye out for them. Um, and definitely tune into our USFL episodes coming up after this weekend, our power rankings and our USFL and chill episode will uh, nearly be done with some of these little series because the USFL season is coming to a halt. We're going to do a semifinal, re- uh, semifinal review and then the championship game review. And I think, um, you know, USFL Season 2 will actually get a little recap episode in totality as well. So probably about, you know, maybe nine more episodes of, of USFL content. And then we got to wait until next year. So we really hope that you guys have been enjoying this stuff. So thank you again. And uh, this is Trevor signing off. Take care.